Welcome to Career Crossroads Uncorked, a series of member chats inspired by good drinks and current talent acquisition trends. Your hosts, Chris Hoyt and Jerry Crispin, break down today's recruiting headlines while reviewing a select beverage of choice with industry leaders and influencers. Join us for a drink and conversation. Cheers. Ah, uh, such a good wine. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I might be able to open this bottle. <laughs> Twist your arm, Jerry. Twist your arm. Jerry, I think uh, because it is your twenty-fifth year uh, of career crossroads, you could you should absolutely open that bottle and celebrate. Yeah, right. yeah, but I, I want to. I want to make it twenty six. <laughs> yeah, because I've never sat with you in an evening and sight, seen you drink a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just gonna say anybody who's been to an actual after hours uh, evening with Jerry would know that drinking a bottle is not unheard of. No, it, it, but you know it. It takes time, whatever. And then, of course, uh, Shannon knows that we, we need to finish it off with a little white Russian or something like that by the end of the night. That's true. You know, the that perfect is. thing to finish a night of drinking is a uh, dairy nightcap. I always feel so great in the morning. <laughs> but it's I just, just... I just can't. I know, I can't either. <laughs> I do buy a lot of the white Russians at the end. I don't even know how that started, but we've been doing it pretty much every time each other. I, I think it's Jerry's fault. Jerry has a sweet Probably my fault because I was looking for something that was a little more creamy that would not upset my stomach if I've been drinking too much too much wine with too much acid. Mm. They're good. Yeah, I love them. It's always nice. It's a nice way to sip and end, end the night, you know, chat a little bit. I do well, miss... You never just have one, Jerry. No, true. But I, but I, I kind of miss that. We should, we should have figured out some way to accomplish all of that at various points in time. I have some half and half in the refrigerator. If you want to wrap up <laughs> with, uh, this uncorked session with some half and half. I was gonna say, there you go. That's what we're missing in the year of the pandemic. Before we had, we have twenty-four and a half years of all these wonderful get-togethers and nightcaps, and then it came to a screeching halt in year twenty-five. Yeah, it was tough. But, you know, we, I do think that we've had lots of extraordinary conversations with people this year. So I think the pivot uh, truly did allow for a continuation of, of what we were about in terms of doing all of that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think so too. So Jerry, I got, I got to ask, 25 years ago, did you have any inkling of what this would look like today? Yeah, a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little. Of course he did. Of course he did. Back in the days where we had two meetings a year. We, we well, we did, but we didn't do that two meetings a year until two thousand and two. Correct. The first only been eighteen no years that we we pivoted to to do what we're doing now. What we did from ninety six on was <laughs> sell books. <laughs> <laughs> and consulting at um, at three grand an hour. That's right. And taught classes in whatever computer lab you could rent space in. Yeah, we we had one 
we did we did the computer labs with um, um, Cornell mm -hmm. or yeah Cornell their their New York uh, facilities they they found a computer lab across the street at the technology New York City Technology Library had 25 computers online. The only place in New York City that had that. And there was only one other place we found, and that was Ryder College in New Jersey also had a lab. That's really where we did our first one. But then we made the deal with Cornell. And we were doing that twice, uh, twice a month. Mm -hmm. 25 people each were paying 500 each person was paying 500 bucks we were sold out for four or five years everybody paid 500 bucks we got 250 dollars per person so we made a deal with cornell to give us 50 percent so so it, it was worth trucking in there and doing all of that um i'm trying to think of who uh, one, so one, of like our, one of our students was sarah white no kidding. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. One of our students was Sarah White. That's really funny. She had to be like 12. Uh, <laughs> close. <laughs> I mean, this was late 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were doing that. And then we, and then we, we, we had one, one day where we had three companies fly in. Uh, to Newark Airport, and we rented a conference room, and I think we collected six thousand from each. And you know, we went away from the day with eighteen thousand, and we've gone. Hmm, it's not so bad. We <laughs> <laughs> haven't figured out how to scale uh, making that kind of money for teaching people to turn the computer on. Yeah, it no was problem. such a pain in the ass facing <laughs> all of that. I mean. Think about it. Some of these people didn't didn't pay us until you 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 know you threatened them you know afterwards, and then then we then we got to the point where you have to give us a check when we walked in. So, literally, uh, Mark would look at me and say, "Don't say a word," until <laughs> <laughs> I have the check in my hand. <laughs> That's so, Mark. Give give nothing away. I said, "What? Saying hi? Give me a fucking break." <laughs> So okay, so so we've only been doing the these uncorked sessions for two years, I guess. Yeah, yeah, about two years. Yeah. So so everybody on the call has to say which their favorite uncorked session has been. Oh. Hmm. That's a good question. I think I think Marie Arden's might have made me laugh the most. And I think partly just because I could so pick, I wasn't there, obviously, but I could so picture the three of you talking. But the one I found most interesting was Michael Canistos. I just, I just love, like, he talked about like taking sewing classes and, and oh. all. I loved it. I, well, I, I kind of liked um, Dan Black at EY only because it took me, it, it was so hard to find that bottle and, and there was nothing at that level. So I had to spend $400 on a bottle that was really, really good. And it, and then we took the rest of that, I think up to Boston or something to finish it off. I, I like Jerry, these are my air quotes, had to spend. 
<laughs> had to spend $400 on the Japanese whiskey. That was, wasn't that our first one that wasn't wine? I think so. Unless, unless you count uh, Jessica Lee, oh. who duped us with carrot juice. She did because she was going through a cleanse. <laughs> well, this, it tells you, you know, because obviously I had to spend, and I went out and spent using our card, <laughs> obviously, on that $400. Yep. And then um, today, or it was, yeah, today I went out to get the Camus. I forgot I have that card, so I use mine. been so long since you said to have a business. It just tells you, you know, I've been, I've been cooped up too long. This is really yeah. the problem. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Shannon? Do you have a favorite? Uh, well, definitely Susan Hensley, um, just because I'm pretty sure that was the first one. Um, but that's kind of what made me really fall in love with Career Crossroads. So it has a special place in my heart. And I just thought it was so out there and so unique. And that was my first also introduction to her. And she was so bubbly and charismatic. And I loved how the call kind of trailed off by the end of it. So <laughs> that was probably my most memorable one. That's funny. That's cool. I, you fell in love with the organization that not only endorsed, but promoted drinking on the clock. Yeah. I'll drink to that. There you yeah, go. for sure. Chris, what was your favorite? Uh, I So I think... The sake that we did with uh, Michael was probably right up there. Yeah. But I would say probably the next one would be, uh, I, I, I like to do in martinis with Daniel Monaghan. I was, I, that's the one I was, if you told me to guess which one you'd pick, I thought you were going to pick Daniel's with a martini. It was so fun. I'm sure that my martini was just straight gin, but, <laughs> but, but. Uh, it was a really fun conversation, and we had a good time. Yeah, it, it was. was. We did that one this year. She was an interesting, interesting. Um, she is an interesting person, really. Yeah, she's yeah. wonderful. She's back in Arizona now. I think she's no longer here in the Bay. Oh. Permanently, she made a permanent move. Well, she had a temporary apartment here, I think, for a little while. That just was located. She loved the location. I just talked to her yesterday. The location was wonderful. She had a wonderful time there, but she was sort of stuck because of COVID. So I think she finally managed to shut that down and, and get back home. So, yeah. But you mean in Seattle? No, I think she's in Arizona. She has a place in Seattle, I believe. Okay, that's interesting. It's Arizona. So I think I think the uncorked are the closest we get to the after dinner talks. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have happy hours every week, which are pretty fun, but I honestly think the closest we get, because after dinner at our meetings, when we get to do the in-person meetings, there's always a balance of completely not work-related stuff, and then, like, project ideas, or, I mean, we've got stuff on the website that was inspired from um, after-hours conversations. Oh, yeah. I, I think some of, some of the best conversations we have ever had have been the after-hours pieces um with with our members etc but the difference is we chose we choose our members and we choose the people we have a, a nightcap with as well yeah. and they choose us to some degree um the happy hour is like you know it's like anybody can come and and they're they're coming for totally different kinds of reasons whether it be 
you know, somebody like Randy Bailey or somebody like um, Debbie McGrath or whatever, and it may not focus in on some of the things that, that are kind of near and dear to our heart. It's what's near and dear to their heart at the moment. Hmm. Well, I think some of the best friends I've got in the industry uh, actually came one way or the other came through CXR. Cool. Yeah. Whether it was before, whether it was before I was actively, you know, part of CXR as a company and I was just a, a member or, or after that, right. Just kind of interesting. I was thinking about the other day, like some of my dearest friends are actually part of CXR, one way or the other. I think it says a lot about, um, I think it says a lot about our community. Like when I, when I talk to people about the community and I talk about how, you know, these are people that you want to spend time with, not just because you're going to learn from them, but just because you're going to enjoy being with them. And I think that's something that's, that's kind of cool, but something that has definitely um, come together over the past 25 years. I think, I think they all together. reflect a passion about what they're doing in recruiting, that they really, really do love and care about this profession. And so that kind of affinity, even if there's many differences uh, between us in a lot of different ways, uh, we have something in common that really, I think, sparks really good conversation. Yeah, yeah for me, it's a little different. Um, you know, I, uh, as the newest member, um, I've always been included on the Career Crossroads dinners. And what I've always liked about members was that they're extremely intelligent. They're great to have conversation with. They have an affinity for food and obviously beverages. And they know how to have fun. And so any event I went, went into, you know, of course, I would always find Chris and Jerry, you know, as soon as I can. But I always loved going to the dinners and being included in that group because you would have just the best conversations. And it was so, you know, for me, as coming from the environment I came in, it was so nice to sit down and talk to a head of talent and listen to what they have to say and then get into trouble with them afterwards. <laughs> so to me, that was always uh, really cool about a career crossroads, you know, event or whatever you guys were at a conference or something like that. It was just shows something about the members that, you know, they work hard, have fun. No duds. We got no duds. We, we sort them out one way or the other. That's right. We do. <laughs> well, it's funny because we're, um, we're, we're different as an organization than we, are, than we were five years ago than we were 25 years ago, yeah. which we were I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but it's fascinating to me, and I did mention this, so you guys will have to suck it up because you heard it before, but it, it's fascinating to me that you know we've heard from our, our college recruiting leaders that they were shocked uh, that the feedback that came back from the interns was that it was some of the best uh, rated internships that they had conducted in recent years. They were blown away because it was such a pivot and they had to, you know this pandemic and not being able to go to the campuses and some colleges completely left out of the, the plan that were already part of it. And they were blown away. They were ready to take a bullet uh, and some bad feedback, but, but scores went up double digits in some cases. Uh, and then, you know, we're hearing from our members that the way we have pivoted from sort of a, I wouldn't call us a conference, you know, but we do these meetings, we're doing eight to 12 meetings a year and, and fostering this online community via email and the site, we have made this pivot to where we're, we're almost a, a media company that is a community of talent professionals that give a shit about each other. And I like, I got to get Jerry's tagline in there. <laughs> 
hearing now anecdotally from our members that they feel more connected than they've ever felt. And that, I don't know about you guys, but I would, that surprised me because we're just hustling to try to give them what they need. And when they give a recommendation, we build on it and, you know, get them to collaborate. But the, the result of the lockdown and the pivot that we've done, they feel closer than ever. I don't know, Barb or Jerry or Shannon, if that surprised you guys as well, but I, I was blown away. No, not at all. Um, in fact, Chris, what I was thinking about earlier today in fact, was how much the various different communities came together. I think this year was a ch undoubtedly a change for everyone. And it was really nice to see that college community come together because, you know, we were having meetings with them to talk about what they're doing for their summer. And we hosted, what, four or five meetings so they can come together and they can plan how their summer internships would look. And if you're not in the CXR organization, you know, odds are you're out there on an island by yourself trying to figure it out. And it was really cool to see all of our members come together and solve these challenges and these problems together. And it wasn't just a college recruiting uh, community. Look what we did with recruiters recruiting recruiters um, and being able to help, for example, you know, some of our good clients um, ramp up or ramp down. Um, and so I think that was prime examples of how we all were able to lean on each other and come together for a little bit more security and tightness and solutions. So I wasn't surprised to see those numbers uh, that were presented in our college recruiting community. And I wasn't surprised to see that so many of our members are also enjoying their experiences on the site too, because the engagement within the community and the sharing has really, really increased. And overall, that just makes for such a better experience for all of us. Yeah, I think the attention uh, that we've given them, but that they give each other, and the numbers of times that they've been able to do that, either, either you know, in an exchange or in one of the meetings, whether it's considered a colloquium meeting or not, it's still a, a Kirk Crossroads event. And so they, they're seeing each other way more than they ever have, um, at, at least our core group. You know, and it's a pretty broad group, so I'm, I'm, um, I'm real comfortable with it. That that helps that bonding feeling that they're willing to support each other. Yeah, I feel like we were built for this. Like we were built for this moment to to bring these people. Like, like exactly. I, I talked to so many people in the past six to eight months who have said, "There's no blueprint. I don't know what to do." And they nobody does. So like having a format or forum, I should say, where they can come together and you know, brainstorm and, and talk about what's going on. Like we had all of that sitting here. So like, we, it's, I really think we were built, we were built for this. And the, pan and the I, pandemic I actually created decision-making under extreme circumstances. Mm -hmm. And no one likes to be isolated thinking, oh, I've got to make a decision about what to do. And, and what I have to do has never been done before. Do I really feel comfortable doing making that decision, not knowing what anybody else who has to make that decision is doing. I really hunger to talk to others who will tell me the truth about what they're doing and facing. And I think that that plays really into our model in a huge way. And I think we'll continue to uh, for at least another year. And then we need to think about as, as it settles out, you know, how do we maintain those that stream yeah yeah where's where's our balance to uh the fun in-person stuff and, and still giving people multiple opportunities to get together in a digital format it, it's gonna it's fun it's always fun <laughs> yeah. 
always I mean, when we started doing this in 2002, it was because there weren't that many conferences. There were a number of them, certainly ERE and others. But it was really clear that people who spoke at those conferences were under restrictions from their legal and PR departments about what they could say. And so there was, there was cautious information. There was fake uh, data being presented in the sense, and they would admit, this is, this is not the real data. I can't show you the real data. Um, so I've made up some data, and so here you go. Um, and, and then they would tell you, this is what we did a year, year and a half ago. And I, I'm going, well, what are you doing now? I can't nope. tell you. Nobody's ever pulled a bigger switcheroo on data at a conference than Rob McIntosh. Standing oh. <laughs> room only at an ERE on measuring the quality of hire. Rob, I'm, if you're listening, I'm talking to you. You go to his session, you're packed. You're literally packed in. I'm surprised the fire marshal didn't show up. You're squished against the back wall like it's some sort of South by Southwest session with Jimmy Fallon, right? Rob gets up. Fires up his slides, opens them up, and apologizes because at the last minute, his boss said he had to redact all of the information. So what you get is this slide with all these markers through it and no calculation. That's when I knew I really liked Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the kind of situation we were in. So I remember, I remember talking to um, oh, you know, uh, at GE. Um, she's retired now in Carolina. Um, and she she basically said, you know, GE doesn't allow any of us to talk. Kim Warren. Kim Warren. Talk publicly. And I said, well, you're not going to be in public. You're going to be, you know, in a private group of just, you know, practitioners. So take a shot at it. And she she managed managed to get permission. And that's how that's really how that worked. Um but that's what it was like in 2002. And so the gap was pretty wide with what we were doing versus what others were doing. I think there's much more, there's more transparency about what people are doing now when they give a talk at a conference, if, if, in, if they get somebody to talk. But, but there's still not enough opportunity to really engage them and to you know, fully have a dialogue or conversation that's open. It's still much more um, presentation. No. Well, do you want to talk? So Shannon brought up recruiters recruiting recruiters uh, that, you know, we sort of helped lead uh, to fruition, but we did with an awful lot of other participants, be they our members. Yeah. Uh, you know, who, who came together from an ideation stage and a support stage and sort of helping with that. Uh, but that has, as and, and several vendors, obviously, in the space and solution providers in the space that generously gave time and resources and all that for, for it to all to come together in a really exciting project. But that sort of led the way to something Jerry and I have been talking about for a while. Uh, and I don't know, we can talk, I guess, because we announced it this week, but we can talk a little bit about it. And that's the, the nonprofit, uh, yeah. the, the CXR foundation that's going out, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. I'm, I'm excited about it too. I think it's got, got a lot of potential, certainly in terms of covering some of the things that we've been doing in the past. We should think about how we 
present that day before in a way that might attract a lot more of our members to show up and participate uh, when we look at that issue. The ability to bring uh, recruiters, recruiting recruiters under our wing, um, but we still have to prove that it can, it can provide stuff, obviously. There's an awful lot of need out there, but I'm not so sure we've got all the data yet that helps us understand whether we're helping that community. So there's, there's that, but there's, there's an opportunity to do that for sure. And then I, I do think um, it provides a foundation for opening up our community or pivoting our, not pivoting our community, but, but creating a secondary community that's more industry focused if we can vet them properly. And I do think it's gonna be important to vet because I, I was asked that by several. So does everybody get to play if they're willing to pay? And I said, no. I said, uh, you know, we've got a list of right now 60 or 70 uh, vendors that we think there are people in that vendor community who actually care about our industry and would work not on selling, but on solving the yeah. problems with members who also care about doing things beyond their own employer. Not all of our members are going to be able to um, carry on a conversation about what we need to do in the industry versus what they need to do in their, as an employer. So I, I think that if we can tee up some really interesting industry-wide challenges, um, pay disparity, um, the kind of tools that recruiters really need in order to be accountable for diversity and other kinds of things. I I'm convinced that we, we could come to some kinds of agreements where we could be promoting the shit out of that um, with all of the companies and people who are willing to step up and say, this is what good looks like for this kind of practice, this would increase the fairness of recruiting. This would increase the, the, the likelihood that candidates would think well of this profession and we would be much more proud of being part of that profession. And if we could you know, bring people together to do that, I think, um, I, I think it'll add a hell of a lot to our model on the other side as well as um, satisfy, I think, some of the needs to build some connections between good quality vendors out there and uh, members who, uh, you know, want to get stuff done. Yeah, or at least the leaders within those organizations, right? I mean, I think yeah. one of the things we, our members know, and maybe some people don't, but I mean, we have three um, uh, conditions of membership from a career crossroads standpoint. Uh, because we interview anybody who wants to join a company that wants to join Career Crossroads. You don't just get to, like you said earlier, for the foundation work, you can't just pay to play. Uh, and the three rules are pretty significant. It's you got to be doing the work. You got to be able to share the work. And then we've got the really strict no asshole policy. Uh, right. And, and we interview for those. And all our members will tell you they've been interviewed for that. Uh, but I think that that sort of uh, methodology, the spirit of that carries over to the foundation as well. Uh, we're not we're not looking for people who want to just drop some coin and, and pay annual dues. We're looking for people who want to get in and solve some problems. And 
deliver some standards to ATAP or get some stuff published online or, you know, build something that is a solution like recruiters recruiting recruiters or the new one project or, you know, stuff like that. So that's, that's what I'm excited about. My fantasy was getting a hundred companies and, you know, vendors and, and obviously practitioners, employers to actually sign something on a, you know, full page Wall Street Journal article article, if you will. Um, I asked Joe Shaker to tell me how much a full page Wall Street Journal article, uh, not article, page, a uh, full wait, page. Wait, don't say how much. Did he tell you how much? Oh, yeah. Okay. Are we talking Sunday or Wednesday? Like, wait, 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 well, just... in Wall Street Journal doesn't come out on Sunday. It comes out on Tuesday. So, oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So uh, that would be Tuesday and uh, not color. So black and white. I know color too, but not so black and white, full page, and imagine it's it's got some really cool way of saying this is what good like looks like from a fairness in hiring in 2021, or you know these key principles apply, and and then there's you know signed, you know J and J and all these other companies etc. all around it. Okay, so we're gonna take turns guessing. I'm going to say it's $45,000. Okay. All right, Barb? I, I, I was going higher. I was going to say 52. 52. I love the two. 52. <laughs> Why not? If my price is right, you have to be specific. Okay. <laughs> Shannon, what about you? We're playing Price is Right. I'm going to say $52,000, but I think it's... <laughs> I think it's crazy high. Like I'm gonna go with 150,000. I was gonna say I almost wanted to say six figures. I I haven't priced yeah. that in a long time. <laughs> this could show Barb how out of touch you and I are with print media for whatever how long it's been since we placed a print ad. Yeah. All right, dude. And Shannon's closer. $277,000. Holy smokes. It's funny. My gut said 300, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna try it in two. <laughs> Joe said. But but that's their you know that's their ticket price. He said, "I'm sure I can negotiate something less, like twenty like grand, hundred and fifty. No, I don't think so. <laughs> However, <coughs> let's let's get uh, so it, it may not be the Wall Street Journal. Maybe we look at Forbes or something. You know, we look at something else, <laughs> but like the penny sheets." Well, I mean, look, here, if, if we had the money and we wanted to do something that, you know, reaches CEOs, it is the Wall Street Journal that will have that impact. But, but there's a, there is a trick and the trick would be that it's a region, there are regional buys and the cheapest regional buy is the West and that, that full page is 67,000. So there, there's games one could play and still say, I bought a full page ad in the Wall Street Journal. Um, a shadow box gift for your retirement. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's kind of cool. That's right. That's right. Um, but there are, there are, you know, the, the idea of funding, not just the figuring out the solution, but trying to leverage us as a collective group to influence how corporations think about what re good recruiting looks like would be or fair recruiting looks like 
would be something that I think would strike a chord with almost any TA leader anywhere in the world. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. It, it, it's kind of like I, I tell people when we have our, our in-person meetings or honestly, even the online ones, I have the best seat in the house because I just get to sit back and listen to all the, the cool ideas and conversations and things that come up. I can't wait to have that same experience with the foundation because I think that there are things that the people who want to get involved, they're going to bring them up as a passion that we haven't even thought of. Right. And, yeah. and just to put it out on Facebook is not what we end up doing. Yeah. We, need to, we need to capture enough money that it makes sense to spend some of that in promoting it in ways that will make people sit up and think, however that, 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 that occurs. And I'm, I'm convinced that we have the capacity to do it. I think we're the right place to do it. Well, we've got the right people already interested. I mean, we've got recruiters recruiting recruiters and the folks that did that. One of the things that the board of directors for the foundation offered is all of you just come in with a first year, no dues, all in to continue to manage that project and be part of it on, under the wing of the foundation. We've got the one project that's already been brought up where uh, the, the effort there is to provide coaching. So asking every employed recruiter to dedicate one conversation to one person to make one difference, to give a little bit of coaching to a recruiter who's looking for work, right? Whether it's resume review or just having a discussion around their career journey. And then we have another one that popped up yesterday. I'm probably gonna overshare because this Camus is really, really good. Uh, we got another one that popped up yesterday about establishing a template or a methodology to build a recruiting roadmap uh, and, and build that staple up and, and deliver that, like publish that. Uh, and I imagine that's one that would then, we would do probably hand in hand with ATAP and give that to them from a standard standpoint. But that's three yeah, projects. We want, well, I wanna, we want to look at them, you know, from whatever the board does or, you know, the group that makes some choices about how that should be moved forward. Some of those might be better served by, again, a partnership with ATAP and our members rather than the vendors. But I, I do think um, there's, there's potential here for some extraordinary opportunity. For sure. It's exciting. So uh, I'm halfway through my Camus. Yeah. Has anybody, has anybody talked about Camus yet? I mean, I don't even know we named it by name in the beginning, did we? That's a good point. I don't think I'm, we told anybody. I'm, I'm actually sure halfway through shocked. mine, too. People are shocked that we're all drinking a cup. Yeah. All right, so so so, okay. which can, do we all have the same year, Camus? Except Barb, you have Stag Sleep, which I is do. also eighteen. Eighteen. I got eighteen. 18. Also. I have eighteen also. Oh, all right, I have a all. I have a twenty seventeen. I'm different in all ways over here. <laughs> and what what was yours? Uh, what was yours, Shannon? Twenty eighteen, same. Oh, you're eighteen also. Okay. So Jerry, one of the reasons why I like Camus with you is because the back of Camus, yes. for those who have never had a bottle, speaks to me as though if Jerry were to bottle a wine, this might be something similar. He would back maybe, maybe Nana would be on there. Nana's secret sauce recipe. Maybe he'd slide that in there. I don't know. But there might be a picture of you and Diane or some sort yeah. of, kind of little, this is kind of how I think you would bottle some wine. This goes a little bit before me. You know that, though, right? 
1930. Yeah, but not much. I mean, 1934. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just gave people a reference, Chris. Now, if they want to go get a bottle of K-Mist, they'll immediately yeah. think of Career Crossroads when they look at the back well, of the bottle. Well, like, I feel like that's sort of a Jerry-style bottle. Like, when, yeah. when you did the yeah, Secret Sauce post, right, on the yeah. Career Crossroads site, like, it's a lovely picture of the dinner that had taken place when you were a child, and then again when you were a great grandfather. Same table, same room. Oh, that was really yeah. nice. No, no, I, I agree. I think it looks good like that. It's sort of like, yeah. Hmm. Right. I like Camus. It's um, it's not heavy for me. I wish I had a steak right now. It would be really good with a steak. Yeah, it would be. We can I like it too because Chris and Jerry, I don't know if you remember this, but I invited you to come over uh, once for appetizers at my house a couple of years ago, and Camus was one of the wines we drank. That's right, and we had cheese. We, that was cheese. after I think a game of golf with Chris. Did we play golf? Did we do golf that day? Yeah, the the one that has these weird holes around the world or something like that. Was Joanna Clark with us? At that time, I don't think so. Not not in. Texas. Oh, we put, this was not the Scottish course. This was tour 18 in yeah. Dallas. Right. And all the holes are modeled after like yeah. DG, like tour holes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. That was a wonderful course. Yeah. Back, back when you guys used to play golf. That, <laughs> you guys used to play golf the day before meeting started. And then I started making you do service projects instead. <laughs> That's okay. We can just tell you before we do it, before Jerry gets a chance to say it, yes, Jerry beat me every single game of golf we ever played there. I just had to get that out there. <laughs> yep, there were a couple years ago. Only, only, yeah, only, only because you don't practice, at, you know, that's all. Um, no, but I, I would say that, you know, maybe in the future if we do fewer uh, meetings, and you know we're committed to going in a day early and we have more people coming in we could do a, a golf championship the day before that i like i like how jerry just As adds a way to raise money in. for the cxr foundation okay okay jerry who would your foursome be <laughs> who'd your oh, CXR I, I think we should we should have them we should have them bid on that Oh, I like how Jerry skirted all responsibility for selecting uh, a golfing force. <laughs> I don't give a shit who I play with, you know, but they ought to, they ought to have paid some money to get, you know, for the CXR Foundation. Oh, oh my gosh. Sure. Let's see. I, I, oh, good, Barb, sorry. I said I'd just add that to the list. Just add it to the list. Aaron Maddows would help us do that. He would probably arrange with his people to have the whole tournament going and everything else. Now, we've played golf uh, with Aaron. Yes, we did. Twice? I think yeah. we played twice. Yeah, we played once. Uh, we just went out and had a good time. And then another time, the, there was an organized event we all took part in. I, I, don't remember if Aaron, I don't remember if Aaron was a good golfer or not, though. He's so-so. <laughs> So he's on your team. He's not on my team. Okay. okay. You know what's going to happen now? My husband's going to be like, wait, there's a golf outing before every meeting? I'm, com no. I'm coming with you. We have played golf with your husband. He can be on my team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was the meeting where we stayed at a hotel that was on a golf course and Matt invited himself. 
Well played. Very well played. Yeah, he does like the golf game. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I do like it. I'm I'm really hoping that um, yeah, for anybody who who might be you know listening to this when we actually post it out, I I'm hoping we'll be announcing our calendar here in the next week, and I'm really hoping we have some in-person events at the end of next uh, next year. I'm not sure how many we'll tech golf onto. Uh, although I I did. They did take Jerry. We went somewhere and golf got rained out. And so instead we went to Top Golf. And that is the only time I've beat Jerry at golf. I could play Top Golf. Shannon, do you play golf? Yes, yes. I don't know if I could. I need to check with like Rob Doherty because he has the same injury as I did. But um, I don't know how you could swing after shoulder surgery, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, oh you, you can, you know, in time. In time, there's plenty of ways. You'll be fine. You're, are I'll you right-handed? Drinking helps everything. That's, yeah. that's what we learned at Career Crossroads means. No, but I, all I have to say is that the next time we are anywhere near uh, Polaris, one of, our, one of our good members of the community, I think that more than just Chris and Jerry should be allowed to go riding on the course. I agree. Yeah, I do. I do think... I do think there's certainly a gendered discrimination. <laughs> there was. I was at that meeting. I, I admit it, and I fell into it. It was only after the fact that I realized that that was probably a mistake. It was me. But, I was discriminated against, Shannon. You yes, weren't part of it yet, but it was me. <laughs> but, but we know that both you and Shannon are pretty good at stepping up for yourselves and your and your gender and so we will try to remember but i know you'll remind us that next time they invite us to go on the course in all of those things that there are four people in career crossroads jo joe's on board joe joe would invite me in a heartbeat i know jo joe joe would be embarrassed but if if we had to remind him i, I gotta tell you this the one of the Biggest disappointments for me from a work standpoint and the pandemic is the fact that this year we had planned to go back out to yes. Minneapolis to the Polaris headquarters and do a live podcast discussion from a sport vehicle. So from one of these outdoor vehicles, like the, I forget the name of some of these, but they were crazy, like these four wheel vehicles where we're talking about challenging talent acquisition topics on GoPros while we're driving through this crazy mud course. Well, I got to tell you, this could be a hell of a marketing thing. So when we can do that, it, it was approved. All of us, all of us should legal approved it. Everybody approved it. We had, we all had of us should meet in Minneapolis and go out and do this, uh, you know, north of Minneapolis and Polaris or whatever, do our thing. And then, and then Barb can figure out how to, how to juxtapose the messaging as, you know, we're back, you know, in. Uh, I'm texting Joe right now and he doesn't believe that we're really talking about him. So I can't wait for him to listen to this and realize that he's on the hook for this whole big career crossroads adventure. Have a, so have an entire marketing plan around this. I, I think it was him and Roger Coker and a couple of their other team members when we went and did the ride for fun. We said it, after, we were having beers afterwards and having lunch, and we said it sort of off the cuff, you know, it'd be fun. Nobody was more in than Joe. Joe's the one who called us back a month later and said, guys, it took some work, but my legal team signed off on it. You're just going to have to sign these death waivers. But other than that, everybody feels really good about it. We're excited. 
And then we put. We gave you a helmet. Well, no, no, we had helmets. We have, we have, we have helmets. We have all kinds of, of great stuff for this. And, and I, I will say that you know he, he also set up that this whole thing we had to have training. And the the woman who trained us was really hard ass. She was a industrial engineer. Uh, in charge of safety at Polaris and was she she was the most dangerous driver I've seen on that course she was kick-ass for sure and she had to slow it down for for at least for me so that I could I could keep up with her she kept on looking over her shoulder like who's that old asshole who just can't kind of keep it up but we rode we rode everything except uh, the slingshot I thought the, we rode the, the slingshot. The three, no, the three-wheeled, mo- like motorcycle. You see, it kind of like a three-wheel. Those were not off-road. Yeah, you, I bet you did not ride those. Yeah. Yeah, with the only because the one it was out for maintenance or something, but we literally rode like the razor. We rode. That's what I'm thinking of. Like the razor. Four or five different things. Oh yeah, it was cool. Oh. Shannon, I would I would have to say that as an athlete, you you're going to have to kind of pull back some of your competitive nature on these courses because <laughs> no you're not just put the Shannon helmet on the call. <laughs> yeah. yep Shannon will win I'm putting my money on it right now Shannon's gonna beat all of us that's that's the new mantra for CXR just put your helmet on and go yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you that go was... oh look here we to have such fun members <laughs> we had some pretty good pictures from that by the way that Thank was you. pretty cool yeah yeah, we have GoPro video. Yeah. Joe just said he's all in. Whatever you want. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Amazing. I know. So before we're done, I mean, we, we could talk for more than an hour, but I don't know that anybody wants to listen to us for more than an hour. Uh, before we're done, should we talk about, I mean, other than our ride at Polaris, apparently, that we're going to be scheduling in 2021 or 2022. Uh, should we talk about some other some other fun stuff that we're going to be doing soon? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to open a second bottle of Camus when this call is over. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good plan. It's a good plan. Good plan. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have some leftover from Wednesday when I made um, Bucatini alla Abatriciano. Oh. Jerry, you uh, you piqued my interest because I I don't know this sauce. Oh, it's it's a classic Roman sauce. Tom Becker did a fabulous job with that. Um, the base for this is guancale, gua, gua, guanciale. That's a lot of A's in there. Um, and it's the cheek of of pork. Um, you get a big pork cheek and you have to you you learn how to cut off pieces of this that's you know that's not eatable and then cut it it's like ba- it's like a bacon it is like ba- i mean i've had it before it is like bacon and, I'm not with it, and so it's cut in a particular way and then um and then that starts the sauce off there's no oil for the sauce because the guanciale has an enormous amount of sauce when you when you crisp this sucker up 
And it has, what else is in this? There's no onions, there's no garlic. What? There's, there's no garlic. What? There's <laughs> one, so there's, there's the guanciale. There's, there's a gun uh, the skillet. Hey, <laughs> stop a, it. Stop making fun of the way Italian people talk. <laughs> then there's wine. We sound like Borat. I know. And then there's and then there's tomatoes. Uh, and then tomatoes. your pasta, which is bucatini. And bucatini, bucatini is a thicker uh, spaghetti with a hole down with the middle. With a hole in the middle. I'm with you, Jerry. Jerry, you I'm with you. That's good. Barb makes her own pasta. The, so I've then you put it. in the bucatini. And the last thing you put in uh, when you turn the heat off is um, padano. It's it's a uh, it's cheese. So cheese. They were hoping you were going to say guanciale again. No, cheese. <laughs> and then you eat it, and it's really really good. Much much more flavorful than I thought for a forty minute sauce. Unbelievable. Interesting in less than an hour, because you're right. It is hard to, to make a really uh, full sauce in less Unbelievable. than Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly. So what part of And, I and feel there's like a recording of it, by the way. Do you guys want to see the recording? I'll send you a link to the recording. I, I saw pictures. Of Tom Becker making this thing. Only if Tom Becker says tomato and skillet. Yes, he does. He <laughs> And every time they say one child, I'm gonna. You don't have to watch the whole thing because you'll get Stop. it immediately. Watch the first five minutes. Uh, he starts it at the point at which I'm introducing myself, and I say, you know, because everybody on the on the thing I know, so I go, um, well, I'm celebrating my 25th anniversary. <laughs> that's that's basically it. That's all I said, and then and then we start. But I'm wearing. Uh, so when we when we do our cooking class, Chris, I have a chef's outfit that I wear. With with the hat too. I have a hat. I have a I have a chef. You, you uh, did not buy this from the Catholic Church, did you? No, no. But it does look a little bit like uh, there should be a clerical collar along with it. Yes, that's true. Inside but, joke for our listeners and followers. <laughs> I won't I won't say why, but I've seen some pictures. I got it. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I, I am, I am, uh, I'm on the fence here, guys. I, so as we get ready to exit our call here, mm -hmm. I have something to present to the team as an idea. Okay. Uh, as you know, we have a meeting uh, the last week of October. We do. And I'm just wondering, like, who's going to dress up for Halloween for that meeting? Technically, we have two meetings. We have, well, that's true. we have our analytics meeting the 28th and we have an EMEA meeting the 29th. Do they understand Halloween? They have Halloween in Europe. <laughs> I think you just offended a whole bunch of people. Oh, it, no, in Europe it's Halloween. <laughs> I've been to Rome over Halloween before and nobody celebrated. <gasps> Well, Maybe they don't trick or treat, but Halloween's not a thing. I, Day of the Dead, something like that. I would be up for some kind of creative costuming, and I would challenge our members to come 
prepped for that as well. Mm, okay. Can they all dress up like you, Jerry? <laughs> they they could, but I won't be dressed up like me either. <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's celebrated differently in here, but it's it's still celebrated. I think so. It's a little different, but maybe not everywhere in Europe, obviously. So now I feel like I need two costumes, one for the analytics people and one for our EMEA people separate. I'm going to bring a surprise to the analytics meeting. <gasps> okay. Bring a little Simba, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. excellent. I like it. I like it. <laughs> like it. Yep. Yeah, it'll be fun. We got, we got good stuff. Not just in October. We got good stuff going on. What do I still have? Oh, I, you know what I still have from, from you, Shannon? Yay, the robot. We control the robots. You might notice that the arms are now gone. This thing is is seriously damaged. But this is why you can't trust automation. It's still, it's still <laughs> there. It's still one of my things. I obviously have my. Very, very slowly back like a clicker. And you know what this is, right? Ah, I don't. I don't I know. <laughs> I wasn't sure when it was upside down. <laughs> it's 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 job boo. I have job I have boo. all of the failed uh, folks out there. This is um, what do you think this is? I don't Dude, know. I'm, wait, I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see some some swag from the company that I worked for. What What do you think this it's is? 1998. That is no longer wait, around. Hold on, let's see it. Wait, don't tell us. Let's see it. Move closer to the camera. Oh, it's an, it's, it moves. Is it a dog? Yeah, but hold on. It's, uh, it's hold a on. Let's see the green. Showing us. Oh, it didn't do it. All right. It's, there's not enough, it, there's not enough energy in the batteries. This is. Flip dog. I knew oh it. <laughs> it's the search engine flip dog. Yep. Jerry, and it, you have so and much it actually, it actually flips. Uh, not anymore. Hey, Look hey, it, it really, it's, it's it kind today, of hurting bro. right now. <laughs> I, Jerry, I've been in your office a hundred times. I've never seen within arm's reach 15 years of tchotchkes. So I don't know if you prepped for the call. <laughs> no, no, they're all here. You just didn't look. <laughs> I got everything. I got shit from forever. 15 got, years. Uh, he, some he of some of uh, Mark's famous whatever things that you look through and see. Oh, I, I actually have, I have some old Crossroads gifts in my office too. I just have coins. Yeah. I, no, I've got a kaleidoscope. I have, I, a, kaleidoscope. I have a funky vase. I have, well, the wine glasses are not in here, but I have those, those custom blown wine glasses. You have the wooden books that you open and they have all the mini CDs in those. I, have those. I, did, I didn't get one of those. I ordered those for you all, but I did not get one of those. Thank you, Barb. So if you want to know who I might look like, this is my grandfather. Is that Billy the Kid? <laughs> he does look like Billy the Kid. He looks like a badass, Jerry. He yeah. does look like a badass, doesn't he? Where's your hat? Except for that hand on his hip part. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, whatever. He probably oh, killed the photographer that told him to put his hand on his hip. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Well, I can't wait till we're all in person again, so we can take some uh, some pictures, Jerry, of of you and and all of us together. That'll be fun. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Since we were all together, do you guys realize that's been a full year? It has. It has. Wait. Was no the sourcing meeting wasn't a full year. In October. When was our last actual meeting? It was Washington D.C. and Alexis. AARP yeah. was our AARP last AARP hosted. That was our last one. I don't think we're quite, I think we're like a week away, but yeah. Like we're four, or five, four or five days from a year. I'm giving yeah. a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, right. have to, right. we have to send Grant a note that he needs to celebrate with us our last face-to-face -face meeting or something like that. So next Thursday. Yeah. AARP, they were great hosts. We've had a lot of great hosts. I, I can't wait to have more great hosts. Oh, we have. Yeah. I know. I yeah, know. I've been very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. If the redwood forest doesn't burn down, we might even try and go back to <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hanging out in California lately, and if we just quit putting all of our water into the ocean to save a silly little fish. I know. what. what that was a very strange comment. I saw that, too. <laughs> I, w I will say, so I had a uh, wine dinner three weeks ago. I have one every night. Me too. No, a wine dinner with a group of people on Zoom from my restaurant stage left mm -hmm. that they sent me the food and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of neat. And for two hours, the fellow who owns the vineyard in Napa talked about his wines. They're hourglass wines. They were very, very good. And then, unfortunately, uh, two a week ago, he sent a note saying everything burned. His entire vineyard, his home, all of his all of his winery, it's all burned down to the ground. Awful. Just awful. awful. And I I mentioned it to Gallo because I said, you know, are you helping out, you know, in providing some resourcing to some of those folks? Because a number of wineries are offering their wines at a discount with some percentage going to help uh, the winery. At wineries, and he said twenty-three wineries have burned to the ground. Oh my gosh! In Napa, <clears throat> that's that's a lot. It is a lot. We got um, So so, I'm in I'm in downtown San Jose, and about a week ago, a week and a half ago, it was the first two or three days I could see the mountains and the hillsides that are miles and miles away because before that the smoke was so bad it could only see maybe two miles i'm on the 19th floor so maybe two miles and then all of a sudden the smoke was back and it looked like a thick fog that when you walked outside it, i mean it was you could smell it was stuff burning it wasn't fog but it looked like a very thick 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 fog and only just today uh has it has it cleared up where i can see I can see maybe two and a half, three miles, and then the hills and the mountains are in haze. But that that fire resurgence in Napa, I mean, just all of that blue, it's just, it's it's surreal. At least yeah. we don't have any more orange days, but it's really surreal. My heart goes out to not just the families, but those entire vineyards. It's yeah. incredible. Oh, it's, it's, it, it's really pretty extraordinary. California's going to take a while to recover from all of that for sure if only we just swept the forest floors 
<laughs> okay, I think I think as a closing, we gotta we gotta do a round robin of a favorite. Should it be a favorite? A favorite, not a favorite meeting, but like one of our favorite experiences at a meeting. I don't know something. I feel like we should do a round robin of of a favorite experience at a meeting, and we should let Shannon go first because she's had fewer meetings. And we don't want to steal her thunder. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, f I feel like we should have a favorite experience at one of our meetings. That could that could be a fun way to close things out. Shannon, are you ready? It has to be a meeting. Yeah. Does it have to be a meeting? Um, it could be a favorite crossroads experience. How's that? CXR no? moment. A CXR moment. Oh, well, that should be a new Jerry. <laughs> okay. Hashtag CXR moment. Um, there you go. I would say, I would say last year, right before the AARP meeting, we were at ERE in DC and we went out to a fabulous, fabulous meal. I forgot the name of the restaurant, but amazing meal. Then afterwards, we wanted to go meet up with uh, Ben Dotkin and a couple of a, uh, oh gosh, ATAP people uh, exactly. to watch the Nationals uh, clinch. Yes, <laughs> the Nationals clinched the, uh, the, I think, playoff title or whatever, the pennant. So anyway, so we're getting ready to go. And uh, Chris and I have this great idea that the best way for us to get there is one of those Renta scooters. Like, so we all, we go, <laughs> we, we left Jerry alone to figure out how to work a bird. And Chris and I went probably 20 minutes later, we found a, a bird in the line and went back and Jerry is still in the exact same position we left him. And here's where it gets funny because throughout the whole journey throughout Washington, D.C., Chris and I picked the fast birds. Well, Jerry Pat happened to pick the slow birds. And every time we would go through an intersection, <laughs> we would turn around and Jerry was probably 50 yards behind us. But all of a sudden you see these flashes of lights because Jerry would run the red lights and the cameras would automatically take a picture of him. And all we would hear was... <laughs> <laughs> and it was so freaking funny to watch Jerry red light and then laugh. Chris and I must have fallen off our scooter so many times. Uh, and then of course we get there, all right. And so we get there, and it's a whiskey bar. It's a famous whiskey bar in DC. And we're on ATAP's money, of course. And so Jerry goes up there and he goes, uh, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a, a whiskey. What would you like?" And um, what was that name? Of that whiskey, Yamagasi. Yamakasi, something like that. And I was like, and he ordered one for Chris. And I was like, what about me? I want one too. And uh, so Jerry's like, okay, fine, I'll get you one. I'm like, this is a double. And Jerry's like, yeah, 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 I got, I got a double. He's like, it's the, it's the uh, I forgot what it was. He's like, it's the 12 year. And I'm like, I saw him pour the 18 year. So, so the guy was pouring doubles 18, which was a $600 tab for just the three of us, courtesy of ATAP. <laughs> <laughs> you realize, Shannon, until now, ATAP didn't know oh, that. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> no, they did, because right afterwards, that's when all of a sudden their account got closed out. But oh my gosh. And Ben was so cool. He was like, Jerry, for everything you did to us and all that. So it was, it was a fun oh, moment. God. But just him running the red light, us on the scooters together. And then, of course, overindulging in a glass of whiskey. It was just, it was a fun evening. Jerry, did you, ever get a, did you ever get a ticket from the city of Washington, D.C.? I never did. I will say, though, that one of my major accomplishments in life has been driving 
literally across the entire city of DC on a scooter. I, I thought this was going to take forever to do it. And chasing after you two was, was obviously a bit of a challenge. Um, and as long as I ignored uh, the rules of the road and there wasn't anybody coming in the opposite direction, screw it. <laughs> well, it was late. There was no traffic. But you caught every freaking light. I know. Right in the middle of it. I thought I was going to die when that thing... <laughs> I thought for sure they'd find you eventually. You'd get, you know, five $300 tickets. That was funny. I will say, that was funny. <laughs> okay, Chris, you got, you got a favorite. Or not a favorite, but one of your favorites. We're okay. going to let Jerry go last. Because I know what Jerry's going to say. And it is also one of my favorites. I am going to pick another favorite. Uh, when we did our 100th at Disney, uh, I have emotional connection to that, obviously, uh, our 100th meeting. And when Mickey Mouse rolled in uh, with the cake and Jerry had no idea that Mickey Mouse was going to come in with the, the cake and the look on his face uh, was pretty priceless. Uh, so yeah. that was a favorite moment. And then, of course, it was complimented. We did the evening uh, walk around. We did the food, right, the tour uh, when we were in the park and ended at a uh, – we had private a private showing area to watch the fireworks right on the water. So VIP uh, access for all of our members to sit and watch the amazing fireworks show that Disney does every night. So uh, that was kind of an emotional, kind of fun – meeting for me so that was a good one yeah it, it was it was a good one and, and uh so just jerry's gonna go last um and yes it was pretty fun to surprise him with that one chris because you're right he you and i were the only ones who knew that mickey was coming nobody else yep. knew mickey was coming. um so that was fun so it's funny you stole a little bit of my thunder i was going to talk about that meeting because i wanted to also lead into the fact that roger coker and i for anybody who knows who roger coker is I talked him into going on soaring at that particular event when we were at Epcot and um, he'd never been on a Disney ride before. So that was one of my favorite things. But I will say one of my favorite uh, Disney, I mean, not Disney, Crossroads moments is that we went to Nike um, the first time. We've been there more than once. But when we went the first time and we had a, a tour of campus and then we got to go to the employee store, um, which was a pretty cool um, bonus that they gave us. So we got to go shopping. And I, I personally had a lot of fun shopping. I bought a lot of Christmas gifts for my kids that year at Nike. But just walking around and watching our members and the number of them that had their phones up because they were like FaceTiming with their family members, like showing them all the stuff, like, what do you want? And then, you know, we, we go out and there's a bus waiting for us to take us back to our hotel so we can get ready for dinner. And the number of times I had to go back into Nike and do a sweep to try to, <laughs> to try to get all of our members <laughs> to come back out. It's just fun to share. It's just fun to share moments like that with our members where we're all like, it doesn't matter anymore, like what our job is. We're all just experiencing something together, you know, whether it's shopping at Nike or driving up a hillside at, at Gallo and, and finding a, a bar for tasting at the top, you know. It's, it's, it's cool. I, I really like those moments. I, I miss those moments. I can't wait till we get back. Okay, Jerry. Well, a couple things. I think one, if, if I had one to pick and, uh, <laughs> and 
Chris had not picked the hundredth, I probably would have picked the hundredth. Because that was not it was the one I thought you'd pick. I don't, because it was I such an important benchmark. Mm-hmm. You know, that that we had a hundred different meetings with people that built these kinds of relationships over over the years. So that's powerful. I mean, just powerful as as just a long-term, you know, accomplishment, if you will. So that was that was great. The um the two that I would I would I would mention would be would be first. You're not going. I'm. I, I will go there, but I'm not going there now. <laughs> so his, people who can't see us, Chris and I are like we just know what he's going to say. Course, I think we published the video. So I'm going to so I'm going to delay. I'm going to delay it. So the the first one is uh, in Half Moon Bay. Mm. Oh. <clears throat> which I think was the, I think it was the second meeting that we had. It was your second, because I've plan, I planned them all, so I didn't yeah. get to go to there all you go. of them. So see, I'm good. That tells me that despite my age, I, I can remember something. You're so it was You're our totally second good. meeting, yes. Half Moon Bay, and we had uh, this, this event um, at Mark's brother's, um, Art gallery. Art gallery, which was extraordinary. I mean, it was, it was the kind of a high end, you know, uh, art gallery, and to have, to have a whole bunch of people connect and engage uh, there was just, it it just sparked. This is this is what we have to keep doing, kind of thing. And in the middle of it, uh, a woman, um, Johal. It's her last name, Nina Nina Johal, from Microsoft, who was not on not scheduled to come. And she was the head of some part of Microsoft's recruiting, and she simply showed up and said, "I really want to. I really want to check this out." And we welcomed her, and Microsoft uh, actually started working with us from that point on. And that was that was kind of cool. And and she actually, I think, heads up all of executive search at Microsoft right now. Mm. And then uh, the one that obviously you're expecting me to pick was this past year at Gallo. Yes. (laughs) With with your new best friend, Kate McMurray. And yes, I mean, (laughs) they're. He may have had three sons, but he had one daughter we'll never forget. That's right. Exactly. He might have had other daughters. We don't know. But Kate and Jerry definitely hit it off. It, we, there is no way we can outdo uh, having dinner in a redwood forest. You don't know that. Strong between the trees uh, and, and people cooking steaks on outside whatever. Jerry. Shannon, if she knew what we were going to go into, would have quit ERE a month early, told told David <laughs> to go to hell and have and have hitchhiked uh to 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 this uh because it was uh without peer in terms of just a place where you you know you just could never you can't buy that. 
You just can't buy it. It yeah. was expensive for us. It was expensive for them. Yeah, I feel like um, we bought it. And <laughs> there's no question about that. Uh, but I think our members uh, will probably remember that, remember that experience yeah. uh, forever. There, I'm not, not going to agree with you that it can't be topped. I think that is absolutely a challenge we give to our, our existing right. and future members. If we sign Tesla, I expect to do a meeting in a, a space shuttle. <laughs> Uh, there, there are things that could be done to top that. I yes. know, but, but props to Ryan Cook. Ryan there. Cook and the Gala team didn't just treat us well then. They can, I mean, they have done some amazing things for this community. They've been like so all, good to the I entire community. Yes, yeah, I like all of them so very much. It's been fun. And, yeah. you know, Gallo is an extraordinary company with a lot of really great things going for it. Um, and the ability to be able to better understand and, and, and really they're, they're an example of what we're trying to accomplish with our members in that every company has this kind of unique culture that, that, it, that has grown based upon you know, their founders, um, you know, the kind of work that they do and everything else. And, and to be able to share that with our members who can see what people who are going to work there go through, both the good and the bad. I mean, it's not an easy work environment either. But the, but the fact of the matter is, um, it gives you an appreciation for how you build your employment brand and start to message why you would want to work here and how it attracts some, might reject others. And I, I do think uh, Gallo did an extraordinary job in terms of doing that. So I, I think that was, that was a nice little, I'm going to give a little segue here. I, I think we should all raise our glass because Jerry, you created a culture, not just for those of us who are on the team, but for this community. And uh, I, I, for one, am excited to be part of it. And I'm excited for what the years ahead will bring. So happy anniversary yeah. to Career Crossroads. Happy anniversary, guys. Let's go change the world. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Career Crossroads Uncorked. Chris Hoyt and Jerry Crispin look forward to sharing more drinks and conversation with you next time. Until then, cheers.